Join Greenbook at the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange Conference Series. IIEX is your global hub for connections, inspiration, and innovative solutions in market research. Visit greenbook.org events to learn more about events in Asia, the Americas, and Europe. Use the code PODCAST for 20% off general admission on all upcoming events. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Green Book Podcast. I am hosting today. It's Karen Lynch, and I'm excited today to talk to another one of the Green Book Futurist honorees. Now, if this is the first time you're tuning in to this podcast and you don't know about the Green Book Futurist, a little bit of a kind of intro to it, the Green Book Futurist recognizes each year leadership, professional growth, personal integrity, passion, contributions to the industry, just overall excellence in terms of insights professionals that are standing out in our field. They really are our future. And each year we we honor 20, and this episode features one of them, a woman named Erin Sowell. Erin, I'm going to let you introduce yourself in just a minute, but ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Erin Sowell. She's currently the founder and CEO of Thoughtful Research. She has a really neat background, which I'll get dig into momentarily, but Erin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Hi, everybody. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing at Thoughtful Research and kind of how you got there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I am an organizational ecologist. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about ecology later on, but I, I, I look at the market like it's an ecosystem, or I look at your organization like it's an ecosystem, and I help you understand your, your ecosystem through marketing research, through primary research, through uh analyzing data, learning about the world, and then uh, help you optimize your strategy so you can secure your success in your role for your, your brand, for your organization. So I do. I have lots of different ways of doing that. The primary way is, is using ecology. So when we hear ecology, we tend to think of uh, natural ecology. We think of uh, nature and plants and animals. But ecology is, is much more than that. It's the science of, of competition and, and interaction and uh, evolution. And that applies to the natural world, but it also applies to the business world and the market. So my philosophy is rooted in the science of uh, ecology, and I use uh, methods uh, inspired by ecology to help my clients succeed. Well, I love it so much. and I'm, I'm really excited to dig into that. There's so much about what you're saying that resonates with me, but but first, I also want to just take a step back and say congratulations <laughs> on becoming an honoree this year. You know, there was some serious competition, so you really did rise to the top. I think we had, I think the final number was 267 nominations, uh, whittled down to, you know, 75 finalists. So getting to a place where you really are in the top 20, I think that's quite an accomplishment at this stage of your career in particular. So just want to say, like, kudos to you. It's, it's just really fantastic to see you on this list. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's uh, an honor and I'm, I'm uh, so appreciative and uh, grateful to be included. So talk to me a little bit about how you got to this place, right? A little bit of not only how you got to this place of having an area of expertise, which I do think you carved a niche for yourself and here you are. And by doing that, you put a lot of things into practice that are helping to elevate you. So how did you get there? How did you get to a place where you have thought leadership and you're a standout in the field? 
It's, it's been uh, an interesting journey. So I have, I do not have a, a traditional uh, business background. I studied natural ecology. That was my undergraduate. I studied earth and environmental science and was learning all about, uh, you know, how, how natural ecosystems work, how evolution works, competition. And I, I loved, I loved those studies. And then I, I ended up going, uh, ended up uh, finding my way on into research through uh some uh, early product development experiences. Um, and I, I found that I really loved the understanding what the need is and helping helping companies meet those needs. And I didn't even know at the beginning of, of all of this that there was like a whole in- industry that uh, specialized in helping uh, businesses learn and create value or, or increase their value. I didn't even know that there was a whole industry. But then I stumbled across the Masters of Marketing Research program at, at the University of Georgia. And um, I went there and, and the rest is history. I, 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 love, I love the insights industry. It's, it's the best, uh, best place. So. <laughs> well, we'll agree on that. I love it too. Having you know, had quite a few years in this field myself, it's, I think it's a very special community. And we could probably talk a lot about the <laughs> the um, ecosystem that we are as an industry. Maybe we'll get there towards the end of this. But thinking about your journey then here to where you are right now, and I think there's a lot of lessons for undergrads, those just coming out of school, people who are exploring this field in your ability to kind of make, make and see the connection to the field you were studying, to the world we operate in. You know, for example, a lot of people come from psychology, for example, and they study psychology and then they want to, you know, kind of think about how do I apply psychology in the business space? Or maybe they're cultural anthropologists or sociologists. You know, we get a lot of people that then are like, oh, I want to study marketing or study advertising, and they end up in marketing research also. So what is some advice that you might have for somebody who's kind of fresh into the workplace trying to figure it out and they happen upon us? You know, sort of as you did, what what advice might you have for somebody just starting out a career in this industry? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, like keep, keeping an open mind, um, learning how to learn. You don't have to know every single thing. If you know how to learn, then you can figure it out. So it's about learning. It's about putting yourself out there, being okay, existing outside your comfort zone. If you can get comfortable feeling uncomfortable, then that's that's a good thing, I think. You know, of course, everything everything in moderation. Do what do do what's right for you, but putting putting yourself out there, looking for for connections that might not necessarily be the most obvious. So it's about learning. It's about uh, figuring it out, knowing that you can figure it out, and being confident in that. That's great advice, and I love the idea of making connections. I have always been somebody who thrives on a good metaphor and. And that's one of the things, again, if we go back to your field, I love the idea of looking at the field of ecology and applying it to organizations and then applying it to different practices within organizations. I actually think it's really genius. So let's dig into that, right, which is something that differentiates you and that I think people could really learn from in our field. So the essence of marketing ecology specifically, how does it differ from traditional market research approaches? It's, it's more similar than you think. So, so marketing ecology, I see it as a, a, it's under the umbrella of organizational ecology. So like marketing is how your business is interacting with the world around it. It's the, it's your brand, it's the products that you're creating. It's 
the way that you you interact with the world um, if you're an organization. You know, that's what our job is. Our job is to help businesses interact and to, and to, and to navigate the market, to navigate the marketing ecosystem. That's what we've always been doing. And that's that's what ecology is about, too. So it's not that marketing ecology and marketing research are different. It's that ecology is the science that underpins what we do. And given that, we have this opportunity to tap in to ecological science to increase our value and help the organizations that we work work with become more competitive. So let's talk about when you say we can tap into ecological science, you know, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, is this behavioral science? You know, like, what's the, is this, like, what is the science and what are some of the principles of ecology that we can apply? Like, what are we talking about on a very basic level? Yes. Yes. So, so the definition of, of ecology. So it studies the transactions, connections, and dynamics between market participants. So that could be a brand, a consumer, a product in the market. So market participants and their marketing environment. So the, the places that they, that they exist in and the places that they are used in. So that's the definition. I think the main difference between where we're coming from and where we're going from an ecology standpoint is where there's more of a push to look at yourself from an ecosystem perspective. So like imagining yourself in an environment, like I am in an environment, what can I do to set myself up for success? Versus I think the uh, previous sort of philosophy is more around answering questions and meeting business objectives and needs, which is great. But I think it just ecology takes it this extra step and it's like, okay, your business, you're in an environment. What can you do to navigate that in the best way possible? And uh, influence the world around you, adapt your brand, your product to better fit in the space. So there are a lot of words that we use that marketing researchers use, and we don't even think about them being ecological terms or ecology. Um, so like competition, that's one of the critical concepts in ecology. Adaptation, you know, changing yourself. So think about the marketing mix. You could change your place, That you could ad- adapt your place, you could adapt your form, the way that your brand is uh, presenting itself to the world. You could change your price. So, so you can you can adapt all of all of the different, uh, there's all sorts of different strategies for, for adapting to, to the world around you. Selection is another, another uh, concept in ecology. Um, so think like natural selection, what wins in the market, that's natural selection, right? So there's just a bunch of consumers and they're doing what's natural to them. And what they buy uh, continues on and what they don't buy goes extinct. So disruption, that's another one. There are types of brands, uh, we're calling them keystone brands. They are known for being being the disruptors and they direct the future of their markets through disruption. Disturbance, all of COVID, that was a massive, massive disturbance to the market. Also niche niches or uh, marketers tend to say niche, that's an ecological term. In ecology, niche means your place in the market, the space that you take up in the ecosystem, where sometimes marketers mean like specialized product. So niche, strategy, strategies are are an ecological term too. It's so interesting. As you're saying this, I'm thinking, that's just, again, right up my alley, it's super cool. And one of the exercises I used to like to do, I was a creative facilitator and I did a lot of 
types of ideation sessions or brain, you know, different creative problem solving sessions and things like that, even naming sessions. Like that was a world that I lived in before I joined Green Book. And we took excursions to other worlds a lot, you know, where we'd say, let's look for examples of a certain attribute or feature from another world and see if there's any stimuli it can create to further our creative thinking. So maybe we would take, you know, excursion into, you know, the world of history and what can we learn from you know, historical events that we might apply to a problem, for example, or what can we learn from the world of fashion that we could look for other ways to describe our products, whatever it might be. So I love the excursion into another world. First of all, it's bringing me a lot of creative energy just thinking about it. You know, I heard something interesting this morning about competition that I think comes from the world of ecology, which is what you're talking about you and I shared before we logged in that, you know, you are kind of an avid gardener and love being in the outdoors, tending to your gardens, which makes sense now that I know about your background, right? <laughs> and also in what you studied in school. I am a big hummingbird fan, so I spend a lot of time outside trying to do what's best for my hummingbird. And I was listening to somebody speak this morning about how to help the hummingbirds overcome their strong competitive drive. They are really competitive with each other. They'll dive bomb each other to get them away from the feeder. And they're super, they are these, you know, beautiful creatures that are seemingly competitive with one another and aggressive almost because they're trying to compete for the food source. Anyway, this one woman talked, then went to an analogy of horses and how you would put blinders on horses so they can not worry about what's around them so much and get out of that fight or flight response and just keep going forward without kind of any any fear or that sense of warning, warning, warning that comes when you don't have blinders on. And I was thinking about the idea of blinders and how to apply the idea of what do we do when we have blinders on in the marketing research space and what happens when we take our blinders off, which is better. And I was having this own little debate inside my head. Is it better to keep the blinders on? Is it better to take the blinders off? So anyway, my little sidebar there is just because I love the idea that comes from taking a trip into another world and applying it to insights. So how does that play out with the people that you're working with? Are other people able to take these kind of excursions with you and and learn or are they do they trip up on the fact that it's a little bit of a mental shift? There are definitely people who resonate with it and they get it and and I you know I can use uh, examples from ecology and they and they you know, oh, I, I can, I spot that in the market. Like they, there's the, the parallel is obvious. That said, there, there are definitely some people who, who hear it and they're, they're like a little skeptical. Like, you know, I mean, it, and it makes sense. Like, uh, like from a philosophical perspective too. Like we tend to think our, of ourselves as very separate from nature, right? Like, why would how would business be so similar to nature, right? But it's it's the same. Competition is the same in nature and in business. Why would it be different? Evolution is the same in nature or business. It wouldn't be different. So that's my uh, my point of view. I'm like, why not like take these two worlds and you know see what we can learn from from the natural world and apply it to marketing? Why not do that? You know, ecologists they've they've been studying competition for I don't know maybe like a hundred years longer than than the marketers. So there's a lot to learn from them. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's something about when you were talking about disruption, and then you also linked it to disturbance. That also stayed with me. And I was thinking, I'd love to hear from you on the difference between a disruption and a disturbance, because I bet there's something super 
insightful there with that differentiation. Can you share? Yes, yes, I would love I would love to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I hear I hear disruption and disturbance being like thrown around all the time like in in marketing. Like sometimes people say like disruption when they mean disturbance and vice versa. So disruption it comes from the players within the environment. So think we're, we're let's talk about soda. So we're we're in the soda uh, market. Who has been disrupting the soda market recently? It's been these like wellness types of of sodas. So that disruption is coming from that world, the soda industry. But a disturbance would come from outside of the of the soda industry. So it's like external versus internal. Disruption is internal. Disturbance is, is coming from the external. And and often now, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm if I'm tracking with you. So for instance, we at our events at IAX events, we often like to feature disruptive innovators, right? So I would see Liquid Death, for example, they came and they absolutely disrupted the, you know, bottled water category because they were like, by the way, we're going to now put it on these irreverent cans and make it look like an energy drink, even though it's just water. And we're going to make the, you know, it's super edgy looking and all that. So what's an example then of a disturbance in a category like that, whether it's water or soft drinks, what then is a disturbance that we can just get our minds around how we might have to be prepared for that as marketers. Yeah, yeah. So the disturbance, maybe it has to do with the supply chain. You know, with, with COVID, we had a lot of supply chain issues. So that would be considered disturbance. So it's coming outside of outside of the industry and it's impacting that industry. You know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, like an economic crisis. It disturbs the people who are buying your product. So then that would, that would disturb your industry. Yeah. I love that. And granted, I'm also, you know, I, I'm a words person. So like I, <laughs> I could talk about the difference between two similar words, you know, for a long, long time. We yeah. don't have that kind of time today, but I love that. And I think it's really interesting. So if you're, if you are a marketer and you're thinking about, you know, planning for both or, you know, how you're going to be able to kind of ride the disturbances and maybe be disruptive yourself yeah. and, and, yeah. and just play with those two things. There's your call to action, your competitive ch- your, or your challenge out there in the industry is, you know, sort out those two words. All right. So let's talk about whether there's any examples that you can share, any sort of case studies that you've worked on where this concept of ecological marketing or even insights into this using this lens have come to fruition. Anything you can share that's not too proprietary? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been um, doing some work on on organizational health, organizational like leadership thinking in that space lately. So I, I think that that's a really a really great example of how ecology can be very beneficial to business. So if you're the like leader of your organization, you should be thinking of yourself as as an ecologist. You have this environment, you have this ecosystem, and what can you be doing to set that ecosystem up to thrive? sort of like tending, tending to your, your system. And it goes back to what you're saying with the hummingbirds, you are trying to figure out like, how do I help my hum- the hummingbirds outcompete the other birds? And so I get, can get to see them. And, you know, that's what my goal is. You can do the same sort of thing. And um, from a leadership perspective, so like, how can I set my team up to, you know, be the most collaborative? Um, maybe that has to do with the way that you're distributing resources or, uh, you know, a leader who's creating a product, you know, thinking about or helping helping your your organization think about their place in a broader ecosystem. So it's like you're in a small ecosystem and a broad ecosystem. There are there are lots of different different examples. 
I, I do. I love that. I, first of all, I, thank you for throwing back and honoring my little hummingbird ecosystem that I create because it is really, as I was saying this morning, it is just really funny. Like all of a sudden I woke up one day and I was like, and now I love hummingbirds. And I don't know when it happened, but it's, it's like a big deal in my life. It's really funny. I wasn't always this way. And within the last I would say few years. Prior to COVID, I've been taking care of hummingbirds, but it seems to be very important since COVID, probably because I focused a lot of energy on my own little ecosystem in my in my environment here, right? So yeah, I love this. But but you also talk about leadership, and that segues into another thing I wanted to talk to you about. We recently, and again, to those listening who don't know, we we published an article where we introduce our future list honorees in a little more holistic way. We don't get to have everybody on our podcast, but we do like to feature everybody online in our digital publication. And one of the things that you shared with us were qualities of a leader that you think are really key, that the most influential and impactful leaders, here's the the five qualities you attributed to them, that they're curious, that they're brave, that they're empathic, that they're inclusive, and that they're inspiring. When I read that, I was like, yes, I was, you know, I had this visceral reaction because I'm like, I agree. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Like, you know, what has shaped your view on leadership and which of those would you like to expand on? Because I think a lot of people will look to you as a leader now that you're one of our honorees. They they look to you. You are you are leading the way. And in in many ways, it's great to learn from from you about the qualities that you think would lead the way for you. Talk to me a little bit about those. Yeah, yeah. So my five, so curious, brave, empathetic, inclusive, and inspiring. I think that that these adjectives or these qualities, you know, it's it comes from my understanding of ecology. Everything, you know, everything is, is um, inspired by that. So it's, it's like the qualities that I look for in a leader, that I value in a leader are, are the qualities that create thriving environments, thriving ecosystems. So I think in order to, to be that, that you know, sort of like ecologist type of leader, you have to be curious. You have to go out and, and you know, explore your environment, explore your, the world around you and talk to the, the people that you're working with and figure out what they value and what is beneficial to them. So you can search for mutual benefit and, you know, what, what do they define as success? You know, you have to be curious to learn that information. Being brave, um, I think that's about being bold and confident. It's dealing with uncertainty. You never know what's going to happen, especially in entrepreneurship. And um, it's just kind of like charting your own path. You know, you just got to be brave. You just got to go out there. Empathetic, it's, you know, tuning into to the emotional world. It's understanding how people are feeling. I mean, that's the experiential side of leadership. I think that it's important that people have a positive experience. So being empathetic is very important for that, um, providing support and encouragement, listening to people, and then working with them to solve problems or help them pursue an opportunity. Inclusive, again, it's creating a, a great environment, creating a dynamic that is enjoyable, you know, everyone wants to be seen, heard, valued, and you have to be inclusive for that. And then inspiring, um, you know, we all, we all want to like take action, but I think that sometimes we need like a little push. So I think that's the leader's job um, is to, to be inspiring, to find that, that opportunity for uh, the person that you're working with or for yourself and um, going out and seizing that opportunity and, you know, uplifting people and helping people bring out the best in them 
and bringing out the best of your team, your clients, your, your partners. And I think you need like all of, all of those adjectives working together to do that. So that's, that's my thought on uh, leadership. And also it's, it's like helping people find their space. Like that goes back to niche or, or niche. Some people call it niche. I call it niche. Like we're all looking for our, our space in the world in in the environment in the ecosystem. And as a leader, you, you ha- get to help someone find their space. They get to help them find their niche, help them figure out the best function for them or the best position for them or the, you know, help them get the resources they need, things like that. Yeah. So they, they can thrive in the environment that you have, whether you established it or whether you inherited it. What can you do to help people thrive and grow? And Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if they're, you know, if you're like kind of like passing it on, so it's like if you know the recipe for creating a thriving environment, then you can teach others and then they can go and create their own thriving environment and it's good for the world. So. Yeah. 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 I could stay with this. This Again, I could stay with this metaphor that you are living forever because, you know, I think, yes, if you, if you've created something, you also then have to make sure there's a plan for if you're not there, right. For who will take care of it and nurture it and help it continue to, to thrive and grow in your absence. Or, you know, if there's something new being introduced, how do you, how do you make sure that that doesn't disrupt what's already in place, you know, and that it can start to be holistically integrated in like there's so much if you think about this um, space for leadership so I'm so glad you shared all of that I I really for for leaders and managers who are listening like lean into this it's really really fascinating thank you for sharing all that and at the end of the day it, it makes it's this is the science of competition right that's what that's what business is about that's what leadership is about and if you if you know the science of competition then you uh, you probably have the competitive advantage yeah yeah. Sure. And, you know, when you think about it, we often talk in this field about competition being, you know, it being in the world of products and services, right, where they compete with each other. But it it counts for employers as well, right? There's competition amongst different companies in the industry, right, about, you know, what, what looks like an appealing workspace. And why would somebody looking for a position want to work at one company versus another, you know, and I, and I think that it's, it's about a lot more these days than just just the job description. It's a very, it's the ecosystem you're considering working in and and staying in. So how has it been set up? So I love this. I love yeah, this conversation. Yeah. And then like as, as an employee, it's like you're navigating the marketing environment through who you work for and what those ecosystems are like. So of course you would want to find that ecosystem that you're going to thrive in, that you're going to learn in, that it's beneficial to you, that it's going to set you up for, for success. Right. Right. So, and, and not to throw out these words even more, but there's also a lot of insights professionals that are looking, I'm on the board of the insights career network and I'm paying close attention to people in our, in our space that are unemployed at the moment who have been, I guess they've been disturbed by layoffs or something similar, right? Is that accurate? It's, it's, it's their, their lives have been disturbed by something that's happened outside of themselves. And now they have to find a new space. These would be really interesting concepts to talk to a new employer about, to try to think about, you know, how do you adapt? How are you managing change? How are you evolving in the current landscape that is the insights industry? 
you know, I just think that there could be some really good que- interview questions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In this space to borrow from as well. And it, so. it makes you like an active participant too. It's like less like going with the flow and more like I'm influencing and I'm charting my way forward. That kind of. Yeah, yeah. Super cool thinking, Erin. I really appreciate it. it. Has there been anybody, speaking of leaders, that have been particularly instrumental in your career development or the development in this field? Any any mentors or people that you look to for advice or inspiration? Yeah, yeah. I think that Simon, Simon Chadwick is uh, awesome. He's a role model, and I look to him for advice and encouragement. So I think Simon is awesome. But there's also lots, lots of other other folk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am honored to also know Simon. He was on the board of one of my previous employers. And obviously, we continue to kind of chat now that I'm in my new role, too. He's a, he's a special human being in the industry. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he's, he's how I got on this path. I, I gave this presentation. It was like it was called uh, Marketing and Innovation Insights from Ecology and Evolutionary Biology. And I gave it at um, the Hawkeye Lunch and Learn. And um, at the end, Simon was like, you have to follow, you have to continue this. So that's nice. That's how nice. I love how a moment, right? A moment could then be all you need a single moment where one person says this and you, you know, either intuitively trust that advice or just do the hard work to roll up your sleeves and say, okay, let's see where this goes. But thank you for sharing that. Cause I think there's probably a lot of moments like that for a lot of people that they might not recognize that this is a pinnacle moment that this one person just gave me some feedback and you can make a decision. Do I go with this feedback or, or not? So way to seize an opportunity there and say, yep. Okay. I'm going to dig in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, so glad I, I have. And you know, this is back what I was saying at the beginning. I, when I got into marketing research, I had no idea that there was this link between ecology and marketing research and business. So it was very exciting to have this realization. Um, and I've been exploring the subject for the last uh, couple of years. So it's been a a very fun and interesting journey. Erin, what do you think is the the quality that you possess that drove you to this point then? And and this will be kind of the last question I ask before we wrap. But what do you think is in you that got you to this place where you heard that advice or that you pursued this path or, or even that you were brave and kind of launched into this space. What do you think you possess? Hmm. I think I'm I'm curious. I'm assertive. I just like a nerd and I just like to talk about <laughs> stuff. Like I just I just like to talk about all this all this, you know, all the market and and um, ecology and I'm just like trying to find other nerds to go out and talk to. So I think that's why like that's it. Like I'm like someone please talk about this with me. <laughs> You're in good company. I can't tell you how often between myself and uh, actually Natalie, who I work with as our producer here, and then Lenny Murphy, who's one of my coworkers, we are frequently calling ourselves nerds in different contexts. So, you know, I I celebrate that and I celebrate that quality of yours too. So curiosity and, you know, just, I think a drive to learn and a drive to explore. So kudos to you. What's next for you, Erin? Kind of the the last question here is what's next, what's on the horizon for you? I'm, I'm developing ecology tools. So stay tuned. All right. Ecology tools. I like the way they sound. I'm so curious. Can you give us a little bit more tools to apply to what? 
So one methodology that I'm working on is called uh, relationship strengthener. So it's using ecology to help you figure out how to strengthen your relationships, create mutualistic relationships, relationships that are that are going to uplift you and set you up for success, but then also set the people that you're around up for success. Very cool. Very cool. I, I love a good assessment tool. Like that's, that's really interesting. So neat. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we look forward to tracking that. Are there any questions, Erin, that you wished I had asked you that I hadn't? I think we covered everything. It was very fun. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. Well, thank you, Erin, for joining us on this show today. Thank you to our listeners. It is a pleasure to show up and do this for you and to produce an episode week after week, knowing that you are listening and learning from us. I want to thank Jamie, our editor. Thank you for doing what you do. Natalie, our producer, appreciate you more than you know. And also thank you to SurveyMonkey for sponsoring this episode we appreciate your faithfulness to us and you being a part of our ecological system here within the insights industry. How's that, Aaron? Okay. <laughs> All right. Everybody have a great day. Join Greenbook for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX Insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia-Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transporting insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org events today to learn more and register. See you there.